0: The following is a conversation. It has the features of any conversation, such as imperfectly expressed thoughts, ill-considered opinions, and the notions of several sleep-deprived brains. Try not to get your stethoscope in a
1: twist about it. Hey, I just want to say that today is graduation day. Today's commencement day. And so, congratulations to all of our friends in the M4 slash (laughs) senior student try not to leave out. People,
2: the M8s, yeah, the <laughs> M6s,
1: the M9s, the M6s
2: to make us feel a little bit better about, yeah, I was about to say, the c- never
3: ending. Congratulations to those that have already left several times before Riley gets to get out of here. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna go and seek my boss, Kate DeCherry, be the commencement speaker. She was shanghaied, slash, nominated and voted, yeah, to be the commencement speaker and try to sneak out the back door. I mean, couldn't do it. I anticipate great things tonight, even though she would kill me for even acknowledging this because she's terrified.
2: <laughs> and congrats to all those graduating from other schools and coming to med school. Maybe that's where I was yeah, going. Yeah. That's where I was yeah. going for yeah. was
1: the first part yeah, of that. Thank you, well,
2: Welcome to the road that is medical education. Yeah. For some, <laughs> it will take a decade.
1: Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Shortcoat Podcast.
0: Weird news. Fresh views. Helpful clues and interviews.
2: By students, for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcode.com.
1: Welcome back to the Shortcode Code Podcast. It's the show that gives you an inside look at medical school from the students drinking from that fire hose. Happens to be a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler. With me today in the SCP studio. She's been practicing all week. For a blitz of insights, it's MD-PhD student Riley Bush.
2: Hello, everyone.
1: He's scoring TDs in every conversation. It's M1 Jeff Goddard. I'm not even sure what that means. (laughs) He's ready to block and clear the way for great ideas. It's M2 Matt Engelken. Howdy. And he's a real good sport for joining us at the last minute. It's Seacom Learning Communities director, Cody Pritchard. Hi, everybody. You know, and if you thought that was all, shortcuts. I hate to disabuse you of this ridiculous notion that you have. We're also joined by our guest, Ryan nani Ryan is a sports writer. Ryan Nani is a okay. Try you can do again. it
4: <laughs> <laughs> I also don't know who I am. Okay.
1: <laughs> We're joined today by a special guest. Ryan Nani is a sports writer and podcast host, known for his witty and humorous takes on college football. He hosts the shutdown full cast podcast on SB Nation, is that right? Used to be, not anymore. Not anymore, okay, he's a beloved figure anyway, among college football fans. We still like him. And for some reason he's agreed to come on this show, which isn't usually about football at all, and may not be today. We're always excited to talk to people on the show that we've never met before. Thanks for coming, Ryan. Thank you for having me. I uh,
4: Do you know why you're here, Ryan? You know, existentially, no. So why should this podcast be any different?
1: (laughs) I can we can a very I think reasonable can, response. Yeah, yeah, I think we can all appreciate that response. But welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh Matt, what are we doing today?
5: So today I'm going to tell you some of my favorite medical stories from history. Kind of like a drunk history format, except I'm completely sober, although I am drunk of the knowledge from taking a shelf today. So <laughs> I apologize I apologize. Yeah, I apologize if I'm all Literally over the place. Shelf exams. I know. Which um, shelf? surgery okay. okay
2: congratulations ryan this is the, done.
1: <laughs> just to keep you in the know this is an exam that they take at the very end of their so many of their clerkships their standardized tests universally loved by medical students everywhere completely relevant all the time clinically
5: they're really fun because You go in and like the doctors and the residents and everyone are like, oh, you're just a little child. You shouldn't know anything. Like we expect you to be stupid. And then you go take a standardized test. That's like you don't know everything about being a doctor. You dumb person. (laughs) It's a really great way to finish every class.
4: (laughs) Why is shelf an acronym or like what does that name come from?
1: Yeah, I I think it's off the shelf. Oh,
2: What? That doesn't help me. What do you mean off the shelf? This
1: exam sits on the shelf until, like, it's a standardized exam. Everybody takes it. We just put it back on the shelf, and we take it off, (laughs) and we need it. You know, that actually does kind of work for me. It's the idea that this is, like,
3: this is always going to be the same. We're just taking it off the shelf. We're not making something up every year. This is just a standard... Dusty tome that we're using <laughs> that is not relevant to anything, but here we go. It's
2: like all shelves in my house, which yeah. are just like covered in dust, no matter how much I dust them. Yeah. It's like, how did that get there? I don't know.
5: I mean, for like my first entire year of medical school, when people are like, you have to take the shelf, I was like, what's that? <laughs> Now, I you, mean, now you unfortunately
3: know are, I still don't really
2: know yeah. all the acronyms some wood in, around.
5: I don't know what's
3: going well, we on we don't
2: even know if it's an acronym I was going to say of all the acronyms in medicine this one sucks the most but it might not even be an acronym no
5: speaking of things that don't make any sense what is the shell or what I'm is step that. like I still don't really know why it's called step because um, there are because three of them you take three steps yeah, you take step one step two step three it's,
1: it's just as you're just as taking that. steps toward becoming a physician you see what happens Baby steps. you see what happens Ryan you become used to a certain mindset in medicine sure i.e that everything has an acronym or a complicated bit of jargon and then when something is like very standard and reasonable that makes no sense that throws
2: you yeah. sure yeah, we can't handle it does anyone want to know why they're actually called shelf exams I, I really do yes, okay so much Google Power tells people. me. That the exams are called shelf exams because they consist of, quote, shelved or expired USMLE step one and step two questions from old exams. Get the f***
5: out. Really? Wait, so they're just thrown away? Do they're telling that. me that they weren't they good old enough? old
2: step from- one and step two questions that have been shelved, which I already hate. (laughs) Let's call them expired exams. Like I'm expired because this sucks and (laughs) I'm gonna call it that. I mean like
3: I have to take my general surgery expired exam. Expired exams.
4: (laughs) So you are taking the exam equivalent of we're making... We're having leftovers for dinner. Correct, yes. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. This is
2: like cool. the sloppy seconds of med school education.
4: <laughs> but not oh even goodness. like... This is still good. It's
5: not like a chili which you can reheat and is just like delicious. It's like, this wasn't good enough
3: that's for step a, one, that's one what and I'm step saying. two. It's like, it calls yeah. to question, this like, why were they expired? It's probably moldy, but you know... It's because may you, not even be relevant. We can feed
5: it doctor. to the pigs. I don't
4: know. Maybe, maybe <laughs> the way to think of this is very green practice. Like we never throw questions away. We just move them to the Yeah, and it reduce,
2: reuse, recycle. It's the right. life cycle right. metal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> think We're of all actually, the
1: electrons saved over the years.
2: Think <laughs> of them. The one electron hypothesis. Yeah, now that I'm and done. I
1: have a couple
5: stories to tell. So Basically, just stories that I think are funny, and I wanted to share with you all and the wonderful shortcodes out in the ether. This is not meant to be a contiguous story, so if you have anything to share, please do.
1: Okay. We welcome we Ryan for your knowledge, for your information. We welcome the tangent. So. I would never. Yeah. <laughs> Surely not.
5: So the first story that I have to share is: Are all of you guys familiar with James A. Garfield?
1: The cat. Something. The cat yes. He loves yeah, lasagna. lasagna. Hates yeah. Mondays. Uh, lasagna. Yeah. Fa- right.
3: famous presidential speech in which he decried Mondays. I
5: remember <laughs> this. Orange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had a two hour speech and then he said that he hated Mondays, ate some lasagna afterwards, and that's the person we'll be talking about today. Specifically his death. Starting off on a good note. So As I'm sure most of at least the American population knows, James A. Garfield was shot and killed. I think you're giving too much credit to the American population, but
3: I I, appreciate that.
2: I, as a member of the American population, (laughs) would like to speak for Americans and say that I was not... I did not pay attention in history class that well. Uh, yeah. I'm a STEM girl.
6: Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: well, I can't, oh, woman in yeah. STEM, actually? <laughs> She's trying to build steps over here. I don't pay attention to history. Don't,
5: figuring out who got shot. Well, then I can go back a couple steps. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. James A. Garfield, although a wonderful cat, was also a president of the United States for a little bit about several months of 1881. Early on in his presidency, he was shot... And the story is not about how he got shot, but about what happened afterwards. The person who shot him during his trial said the quote, I may have shot the president, but it was the doctors who killed him. So. true. Mm. That really happened. So now we're going to tell the story. And it sounds like you know the story already, Jeff? I do know a little bit of the story, but I'll let you take the front seat on this one. Okay. No, no backseat storytelling <laughs> for me. Well, if you want to chime in for anything I missed, feel free. So... Although James A. Garfield is the person that some of you may have heard of, others may not have heard of. He's looking at me. (laughs) (laughs) He's not the main character of the story. The main character of the story is a physician named Dr. Willard Bliss. And if you're me, you're like, wow, Willard, that's a pretty stupid first name. And for legal purposes,
3: that's
1: a You have have alienated all of the Willards.
3: Well, thousands of Willards out there who just turned off this episode.
5: (laughs) Well, in defense to all Willards, that was actually not his first name. He was named after the doctor who was present when he was born. And so his first name was actually Doctor.
6: You're
2: kidding. (laughs) That's so
5: much better. (laughs) So his full name, he went by D.W. Bliss, but his first name was Doctor. So he became a physician.
2: It would have been way funnier if he just didn't become a physician. Then <laughs> <Like, laughs> he was just yeah. named Doctor, it really adds like a nuance to the like conversation around who can be called Doctor, who can't be called Doctor. Like, what if your name's? I there? also
4: I just, assume yeah. this is the same way Doctor J's origin story as a basketball player. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh, I just didn't want to do that, so I played basketball.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Congratulations, Doctor J, for casting <laughs> off the chains of your. Of nominative of, determinism. Of your, yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. He
2: could have been Doc Martin. Could have had a line of shoes that last stood the test of time.
5: <laughs> but instead, Dr. Willard Bliss decided to be lame and is now known for being the chief surgeon overseeing a president's death. It's a little bit about how this happened, because the entire story from beginning to end is just wacky. First off, he wasn't the president's surgeon. He just kind of showed up and took over. I don't know how, but he was there.
1: Is this the equivalent of, like, you're in a plane and somebody says, is there a doctor in the house? Kind of, except the president's actual
5: surgeon was also there. He just, like... Bliss is like, no, I got this. Yeah. Do all presidents
2: have surgeons?
5: Yeah.
6: Yeah, Yeah, they have, like, like an actual assigned (laughs) to them
1: position. Do they
2: have... All
1: specialties. Like, I I think they have the entire. Walter Reed Hospital. <laughs> I'm uh, the
2: president's chief dermatologist, dentist. That's yeah. What I oh, there
1: know. has to be,
4: right? And like, yeah. is there okay. like
2: a presidential nephrologist for when they oh. end up with like a mild case of? I chronic, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I
3: have to assume that Walter Reed Hospital is actually for the president, and also they let other people use it sometimes. Okay, right? thank you. But
0: do they get to pick their own doctors? Like, can they? You know, can
3: this they?
2: Like like, a, yeah, this was like a know, thing. Can like, can I have file on know, LinkedIn. Like, right, um,
3: like, Trump. Remember, Trump's personal physician was <laughs> a DO, and there was like a whole controversy around that. I do not remember that. Uh, Richard Nixon's personal physician was a DO. There was a bit of controversy around that as well. Got it. Um, So they do get to pick their... Yeah, they have a personal physician that they get to choose.
2: Next show, Road to Becoming the President's Doctor. Ooh. How do we get there?
5: Give everyone the
2: inside track. (laughs) That's (laughs) the
3: job you want.
5: (laughs) I'm sure
2: it's... (laughs) Low stress. Yeah, low stress.
5: (laughs) Let's see how Bliss handled
3: it.
2: Yeah. Not well. (laughs) 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 Spoilers.
5: So he it sounds like back in the so this was the 1880s it sounds like medicine was a bit of a turf war and so he like just showed up and was like no this is my case like get out of here to everyone else that wanted to help out so it's up to this man dr willard bliss to save the president as an aside i'm very glad that particular aspect of medical culture
3: hasn't survived into 2020 yeah he said looking at the camera that seems (laughs) go on
1: that seems
5: so some fun things that happened is uh, he was shot Kind of in the back, the doctor, Dr. Bliss, thought it went into the president's liver. So they tried to do what was the proper technique at the time, which was to stick an unsterile hand or any other objects into the tract of the wound to try to get the bullet out.
1: Hmm. I don't yeah, okay
5: Once again, we don't do that anymore, but at the time, like aseptic technique was In its infancy, and honestly, the doctors that were practicing aseptic technique were horrible at it. They would, like, sometimes sanitize their instruments, but if they, like, fell onto the ground, they'd just pick them back up and keep
1: using them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if they didn't have the right one, they went out to the yard and got a stick...
5: Yeah, that was the other thing, is most of the tools they used actually had, like, wood handles, so they couldn't be sanitized. Yeah. So just a lot of messy stuff, but this doctor in particular didn't at all. In addition, he was a doctor who thought that by seeing pus in a wound, said that was a good thing. Yeah. Because it showed that the wound was healing. Okay. So anyways,
1: they did this. I mean, he's not that's not quite wrong I guess right it's also not quite right
2: the body is reacting (laughs) I think there are trying
3: yeah there are worse takes on pus I suppose yeah (laughs) That's how I'm going to phrase
2: this. Worst, worst pus Yeah, I think uh, there are worst
3: pustics.
4: If you want to, if you want this video to go super viral on YouTube, just make the thumbnail worst pustex. There tics. are
2: worse. And that really go place. Not the worst pus takes. There, yeah, there you there's
0: your episode title right there. Yeah. Yep. Fun fact: the first Dave's person it down,
3: the first person to look at a case of um, acute lymphoblastic leukemia under a microscope, called it a superation of the blood. Yeah, the blood was pussy. <laughs> okay yeah
2: this he, is what it is this, yeah. <laughs> i guess Sorry, that's fair yeah. no that's that's like a fair thing to think you see a bunch of white blood cells you're like i guess it's gotta be
3: pus I it's know. just it's just he's it's a superation that's yeah. what it is <laughs> blood just went bad
5: who knows let's yeah. move on <laughs> well moving on <laughs> before we move on i have to say one thing which is that as so pus is the word that we like to use for drainage with white blood cells what we use in the chart is purulent because it turns out that when you say something has pussy drainage people don't <laughs> like it
2: when you type it out yeah <laughs> it, it, out out. Reading it is a little uncomfortable yeah. for a lot of
5: people in the room
3: that's
2: yeah. i mean it's also p-u-s is it's also just confusing in language I mean, you know.
5: yeah but it's something i think about a lot of just like every single time i see purulent drainage i'm just like ah, oh, they had to make this work because the other one was uncomfortable <laughs> We could Um, bring it back. We could bring it it back, Back, yeah. I'll just tell every single patient I see to be like, you have some pussy drainage, and they're like, no, I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyways, for James A. Garfield's pussy drainage, (laughs) yeah, they created a huge mess. He became really sick, and so the next thing they did, well, he's not eating, he's not healthy, so we're going to give him some
1: enemas. (laughs) Hmm. Which is everyone's Classic. favorite? Is there a rationale behind that in the 1880s? Are they just—they're just trying. They're just trying. They're, they're just, doing their
5: best. I mean, as he's like losing weight and everything, the doctors reporting that yeah, he looks pretty good. He didn't, but they didn't care. <laughs> so the enema—it's about
4: the power of positive thoughts. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. You have to manifest. So what, wait, what, can, I, can I
3: just like, as somebody who is not in medicine, Ryan, just spitball with me here you're sitting there in 1880s and you're thinking this is how i'm going to help this patient the doctor says i know enema logic that one for me how would you think that this could possibly help the patient
4: you know i guess i'm i guess i'm looking at it more of like what are the other options that might be proposed and it's like all right trepanation and leeches i don't like those options so if (laughs) enema is the best of the three so from that perspective, I'm like, all right, yeah, I feel good about that. Yeah, because I mean, we're not drilling holes for, in anyone's yeah. head.
2: Does it change your thoughts depending on what the enema is?
1: What
4: do you mean?
2: No, I think this is a situation
4: <laughs> where I'd rather just not know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. like, I like think, it could be coffee. I think more knowledge doubt is just going Yeah,
3: yeah, probably for the best that it isn't just water at this yeah. time. it's not. This is before water sanitation, so
2: yeah. yeah.
3: But, yeah. Do you yeah, know yeah, what that is? There's yeah. nothing healthier
5: than yeah, You do. I do know. Okay, the enema go. consisted primarily of ground beef. Oh no.
4: I, see, I <laughs> was, was going to say beef. stew. <laughs> I, but I now was actually
3: describing meaty. stew. So. Are you oh, Are wow. you sticking by this is probably better than the leeches cuz I'm <laughs> less
2: concerned. I changed I'd like to go with leeches. See <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yes. exactly. It does change yes. depending on what the enema is. So
5: ground beef. No. Milk. And whiskey,
6: yeah, are so all
5: had things, to be in there. Yeah. of course. At least it sterilizes, whiskey. yeah, yeah, and a Depending little bit rib of rib opium, rib. Yeah,
0: exactly.
2: Oh, thank obviously, God. at least at least that one was like. <laughs> that's well, the only
3: thing that's helping. <laughs> yeah, exactly,
5: because uh, medically, medical decision, opium will help one. prevent will prevent like gastric mo- or like GI motility, so it'll keep the enema in. So, like, opium's the only thing that's even logical out of that.
2: All the pro carnivore people out here are. Hating us for not saying that the beef wasn't helping. Well, look, I don't
3: care where you stand on whether or not beef should be like your primary food source. It's not doing you any
1: good in the colon. No, it, it doesn't no, get absorbed not, no. at all. It's just, <laughs> just there. Well, out. Was the idea that the beef, because he was losing weight, was you know, the beef would, you know, beef him up? Is that <laughs> help him? I
6: yeah, so it, that was exactly <laughs>
0: that. That's th- where that phrase <laughs> came from. Yep, that yeah. one, 1881. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Biss. Bliss. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
5: Yeah, I mean, the idea was like, well, if you can't eat food then theoretically the other way to get into the digestive track is the back way
3: yeah
1: they both meet in the middle i
3: think the point here is that even though they didn't follow what we would consider to be sound like scientific knowledge of today there was logic to it it was flawed it was imperfect but they're like if we put beef up the pooper Maybe it'll get into the body. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I can buy that. I, I can mean, see also where you're going clearly with
2: this. it was sponsored by Big Cow because we got beef, we got milk, like Obviously. the, the mm-hmm. cattle. It was literally were the next door neighbor was owned a bunch harvest. of cows, and he's like,
3: you know what, you should try my product. This
2: story you would, you know, would be made for better me when by. I got yeah. <laughs> was, <it> was beef Story <laughs> <edema. laughs> so would be made better by the fact that like Garfield ran on like for the cattle farmers like, that was his like whole like well I mean that's, whole premise and then he like could, had to go down with it well I he mean think stout. about it
5: yeah. what is Garfield's favorite food it's lasagna which contains beef it contains sure. milk yep. it contains cheese which is just kind of milk so, it contains
4: whiskey apparently
2: whiskey
5: you know like why not My, mine does
2: but...
3: <laughs> before the FDA regulated our lasagna that's a, <laughs> a sad day it's
5: just a
1: local anomaly <laughs>
5: So to continue the story, we have, so he's gone from 210 pounds to 130 pounds, not doing well. In what span of time is this? This is like a couple months. Okay.
3: Like very not well. Not idea. We are not endorsing the beef enema, enema diet. It is no. not.
6: No.
1: Thank you for uh, thank you for disclaiming that. Mm-hmm. I, think, yeah. I think
3: it needed to be. Said. I don't want to
1: get. It's in
4: too trouble. late. There are people who listened to only the podcast to a certain point. And were like, well, all right. Like, I guess all I'm right. gonna do
3: it. Let's They're go.
5: Gone. It's a good weight loss strategy. I mean, it's good enough for a president. It's good enough for me. <laughs> but if you don't have opium, then it'll just come right back out. So you need some kind of morphine too. So. A little bit later, we bring in another character in the story, which is Alexander Graham Bell. Ooh, this is the part that I know the best. This yeah. is the part that just shows how inept Doctor Willard Bliss Do you was.
2: Mean the telephone guy. Is
5: yes. That- yes, he yes. Is That's the, the guy.
2: telephone guy. Yes, I did it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bell, Bell at T. That I was, was gonna his say. Company. Yeah. Yeah.
6: yeah.
5: All right. So, Mister Bell is like, "Hey, so you guys haven't found the bullet yet? As we know, the bullet is metal, and." Alexander Graham was like, hey, guys, what if we use my new invention, the metal detector, to find the bullet? Oh, okay. And so the doctor was like, genius, I think that the bullet's in the liver, so I'm going to use the metal detector at the liver. Tries it once, gets a bunch of feedback from, like, everything metal in the room. So they move him, try a second time, go for the liver, can't find anything i'm so like all right whatever third time they try it again like at this point bell's like i know this works like i've tried it on everything like this works but he does it again because he's like well if the president's doctor can't find it then like who can does it again third time still doesn't work and doctor is like no i'm this is stupid i'm done so
3: quick pause on the story smart people in the room why couldn't he find it in the liver
1: because it wasn't there because it wasn't in the liver where might it have been it could have been in any other part of the body. I mean, look, I think so far we've determined that your doctor maybe wasn't the right person to be treating <laughs> him and may not have had the anatomy knowledge that even doctors in the 1880s had.
5: I think
3: that's so reasonable. I'm, I'm yeah. going
1: to assume that it was in the forehead or the foot it was not that bad but i'm it gonna was... guess it's
2: a right versus left thing
1: yeah
2: oh oh
3: you think it's over like in the spleenish area
2: <laughs> yeah i'm gonna go ahead and assume because like i feel like maybe they just like thought the liver could be like on either side and then they were just like i don't know wacky guess like didn't have all the knowledge that's my guess
0: cody thoughts i'm gonna say it went up like chest cavity like traveled up somehow
3: that makes sense yeah how about you ryan uh, fell out with the beef edema. <laughs> <laughs> Reasonable. Wow. Yeah, I know. There's some logic to it, right? <laughs> Why if not? it had pierced the colon, it could have come right on out. Yeah. 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 Because it turns out when you put a bullet inside of somebody, it moves around. It bounces around. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just like chill. All solid logic. Anyway,
5: back to Bell and Bliss over here. Well, it's like an Abbott and Costello show, really. I know. Well, see, the reason he couldn't find it in the liver is because. Wasn't in the liver; it was on the other side. Yeah,
2: uh-huh. well, um, good job, Riley. The rights yeah. and lefts very difficult which, for anatomy. Full credit. For it. Well, see, the thing is, in the 1880s, my
0: three knows the difference from right and left. <laughs>
5: <outside>. <laughs> <laughs> but the trajectory of the bullet was like right towards the spleen. It ended up lodging behind the splenic artery and the pancreas, which is on the left side, and he just thought it was on the right side. Okay, I have a question. Yeah. Because he stuck his finger in there. That's why
1: he thought it was on the right side. Well, my question is, you know, Bell, his first attempt to find it picked up everything in the room. But when they moved him out, I don't know, into the field where they got the beef, (laughs) it didn't detect that bullet at all. Well, that's
5: because Dr. Bliss was the only one that used the metal detector. Other people were like, why don't you use it in more than just the liver? And he's like, no, it's in the liver. Oh, okay. So they didn't find it.
1: There's a lesson here somewhere.
6: Yeah.
5: Yeah, the lesson is, if you think you know what's happening, just keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> keep it up. And part of the reason why he thought it was in the liver is because they made a different track with their fingers and instruments that wasn't the track that the bullet went down. Oh, shit. So... They made a different hole.
4: Oh, fascinating. Yeah.
5: yeah.
3: So, careful where you stick your finger in somebody's liver is really the, yeah. the takeaway from this story.
5: <laughs> so, all together, just a disaster, president ended up dying obviously because um, i think everyone that was alive in 1881 died eventually was, that, one was the defense.
3: <laughs> that was the assassinator's defense
1: he's like
5: well i mean don't we all everyone's you know? gonna die one day i'm just progressing the
1: inevitable <laughs> as a comic once said it would be a shame to die of nothing so, that's fair yeah,
6: yeah.
4: if better. nothing else this assassin proved that president garfield was not dracula
1: yeah no, that is we true. He did it us a
3: did. great service. <laughs> I would like to. I would like to note for the crowd that Bliss was not brought up on charges. And the assassin himself actually didn't get off, even though he was right. It was Bliss that killed him.
0: Are we sure that Bliss wasn't actually the assassin? And for all the conspiracy <gasps> oh theories out there, the we're like, yes, exactly. Yeah. Like 150 years later, we can start this new conspiracy of actually <laughs> Bliss was the assassin. Had somebody like take the fall?
3: Yeah, yeah. And then he's just over here, like poking mm-hmm. his finger into his liver and be exactly. like, "Yep, just it's over north.
0: here. It's over here." Yeah. yeah point him in the <laughs> wrong direction. Yeah. Exactly. I'm glad Historical this is the last of time, up though, there.
2: that a doctor was ever stubborn enough to just not consider another no, yeah. possibility. Yeah, yeah. That hasn't happened. That's never happened. Unfortunately, no, no,
3: no, no, no. this is yeah, yeah. this, this is was a, the turning an historical point. anomaly. Yeah. Again. No
2: doctor since has ever said, I know what's happening and I will not waver only to find out later that they should have wavered.
1: We call that the courage of our convictions and that is an admirable trait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right.
3: Yeah, you got anything else? Not about that
4: one. Okay. There yeah one there is one thing that you left out of this story that I do like. At the time, I think that he was first examining the president. He didn't have any nurses present. So Dr. Doctor asked several cabinet members' wives to serve as nurses, even though they had no medical training whatsoever. What a terrible day that must have been for them to go, How was your day, sweetie? Well, I got to to fumble around inside the president's abdomen. Sucked.
1: But, you know, on the bright side, there was beef.
4: Yeah,
3: you know. <laughs> yes. so, it's uh, what's for dinner, and we go on we've
0: upgraded. Doctor Willard was it Willard, right? Yeah. Willard Bliss to Doctor Doctor too. So are we actually sure he was a doctor or just by name? He
5: was
3: a like we know he this. was we a physician. The, we yes, the,
0: it wasn't just created.
3: Look, like, I've never heard a stronger argument for the Flexner Report than <laughs> Doctor Bliss
1: over here. There you go. Call back to the last episode. Go listen to uh, right. <laughs> a more serious episode about, <laughs> about why we are, why medicine is the way it is.
5: And that is the story
1: of Thank James you. A. Garfield. Thank That's you. A good one. You know, I to any descendants of James Garfield that happen to be listening today, I'm sorry for your loss. I wish. <laughs> a little belated, but yeah. I wish, I wish things had been different. I really do. <laughs>
5: I appreciate the PSA to all of the
1: Garfield hey, descendants. You never know. You never know. Was he, a, the was, was he I married? Like was, I,
4: the other thing yeah. I like about this story is, so this happened, what, like 15-ish years after Lincoln was assassinated? Paul Park, yeah. The U.S. government, despite these two events, still did not institute what became the Secret Service. Until an entirely third president got shot and ca- like <laughs> they're like
3: we am seeing a pattern here.
4: Yes, yes, it's like fool me once, fool me tw- even fool me twice and it's still not my problem. But all right, if three presidents have been assassinated, maybe we should have somebody who can't ru- pre- prevents you from rushing up to him and just shooting him point blank.
3: To, to quote the the philosopher poet president George W. Bush <laughs> <laughs> fool me twice. You can't fool me again.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Another fool me twice story is that one of Abraham Lincoln's sons, Robert Todd Lincoln, actually knew the doctor. Part of the thing that I left out from the beginning is that one of the reasons why Dr. Willard Bliss was even in the stories because he was like, well, you helped my dad, so... You should be able to help an ex-president. Little did he know that Doctor Bliss was actually forbidden from helping <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. Oh, when he was when for- uh, he was yeah forbidden. Yeah, he was not allowed to help out. So Robert Todd like Lincoln. Like a
1: reasonable decision in hindsight.
5: Yeah, he was present for obviously portions of his father's death. Yeah, he was present for James A. Garfield's shooting, and he was also invited to William McKinley's second inauguration where he was shot and so after that for the rest of his life robert todd lincoln was like i'm not accepting any more presidential offers <laughs> i will be living in hiding for the rest of my life and so huh that's why no one no none of the presidents died after that fun fact okay, okay. he was a <laughs> we're gonna ignore the ones that have died since then but <laughs> yeah he was like i'm a bad omen so i'm not gonna go to any more things do you uh, do you guys know who replaced
3: mckinley after he died his vp
2: No, (laughs) I have no idea. There was this. Yeah, don't worry, guys. I will speak for the American people who have not gotten enough history. There was unless uh, they're nerds. Yeah, only uh, nerds know this stuff. Right. This is like there fourth and greatest yeah, like, that we're supposed
0: to learn these things. Were, we passed the exam yeah. and then we put it on the shelf.
2: So yep. there you go. Exactly. There, yeah. <laughs> some, my knowledge is on some shelf that is dusty all the way over in like some other town. So
3: I, it's somewhat relevant. So it was this brash, up and coming, kind of annoying politician from new york that they put into the office of vp specifically because it limited their power it was considered to be the most impotent federal position you could give somebody to shut them up unfortunately if you die then they become president and that was teddy roosevelt who the reason why this is relevant later got shot and then gave a two hour speech while he was bleeding to death, fully expecting to die, and was disappointed that he didn't die. He thought it would have been a fitting end to have bled out after giving this long and noble speech. And he was actually mad. He's like, That sounds very Teddy Roosevelt. And doesn't best- that
5: sound like the most Teddy of Roosevelt's? The best part about this speech is he was campaigning for a third term in president under the Bull Moose Party, not like the Republican or Democrat. And during this speech, when he was shot, he said, I've just been shot, but it takes more than that to kill a bull moose. And he continued. And he was right. And he was right. Absolute power move by our boy Teddy. Okay.
2: I like to believe that this is also how the first menstruating person felt when they did something cool on their period. That's what I like to believe. They're like, I'm bleeding out, but don't worry, guys. I got this. And they thought they were going to die. And then they were like, wow. Crazy! I can <laughs> keep on going. <laughs> that's how I would like to. Was this? Um, I
3: to, guess that's too personal. A question. It I was wondering if, like, you as a teenager, you were like,
2: look at all the things that I can do. I think so because, like, I feel like there was the fear that, like, I will not be able to do anything, and then I was like, wow. The world is out here. Yeah. And then you, you hear stopped about the, the women. Presidential assassination. Yeah. yeah. Never talked about it. And then you hear about the people in the like 1500s that had to sit there on their little hay in their little house with all the other like people that were having periods. And it's like, wow, I can do so much more now. Shout out to modern science. Yeah. <laughs> and cotton. Shout out to cotton. Shout Thanks. out cotton.
1: <laughs> it's fabric of our lives. Fruit of the loom. Yeah. <laughs> our episode today is sponsored by panacea financial the nationwide digital bank built for doctors by doctors panacea financial is designed for medical students and residents as it was founded by two doctors that were financially frustrated during their training thousands of doctors have used their prn personal loan to avoid credit cards and use a better way to cover expenses for residency relocation or other life expenses Panacea's PRN Personal Loan does not require a cosigner, has no minimum credit score requirement, and has interest rates starting at half of a typical credit card. They also offer a period of no or reduced payments on their PRN Personal Loan. So go to panaceafinancial.com slash matchday to learn more about Panacea and get other helpful information on matchday, residency transition, and Enter their $500 giveaway to those starting residency this year. Panacea Financial is a division of Premise member FDIC. Thanks for the support, Panacea. Let's get back to the podcast.
5: All right. Would you guys like to hear the second story? Oh, there's I, another one that's very go. much that would, yeah Well, the second story is one that I'm not positive, but you might know a little bit about, Ryan. It is the story of the 1904 St. Louis Marathon.
4: I am very familiar with this story. My One of my friends and former colleagues, John Boyce, has done an entire video about this marathon, but please go ahead.
3: <laughs> please. I, I want you to know that I could not have... Predicted that response from you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh yes, I am intimately familiar with this foot race from 120 years ago. Please go on.
5: Yes, because the video that I guess is this an uh, a promotion?
4: Whatever. The video. Yeah, I mean, I don't work there anymore, so I think oh. it's just a reference. It's <laughs> just a
5: reference. Well, the video by John Boyce is fantastic. It is about the events of the 1904 St. Louis Marathon. Some things to know about this is. A few things. Before the race started, there's a few people that participated in like the Boston Marathon were, you know, running. There were also two people that were there from like they were native South Africans there for the St. Louis World Exhibition that year who just kind of decided to run the race. So they are credited by some people as being the first Black Africans to ever participate in the Olympics. Okay. Some other people that participated was a mail carrier from Cuba who showed up, he lost all of his money gambling in New Orleans, hitchhiked to to St. Louis, Was just showed up wearing like regular clothes, and one of the fellow competitors was like, you can't run wearing pants, so cut off the pants to make shorts so that he could run.
2: And that's how short shorts started. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
5: the, um, origin the, jorts, the, short the origin it's of the shorts. The origin of the shorts. The shorts, yeah. Jorts. The shorts. <laughs> this marathon took place in 90 degree weather, on mainly unpaved roads that produced a lot of dust. Notoriously great
1: running conditions. Great so running condition. The Spartans can handle it.
5: And the personal best part, which might be the only medical connection, is that the person that created the race was trying to do a experiment of controlled dehydration <laughs> and gave them two spots on the entire
1: course to get water. So, so was this? I'm sorry. Was this the intent of the whole thing, or he just like yeah? I'm this is put on for
3: IRBs, so he just like set up. I'm going to set, set, up, set up, a up a controlled experiment. <laughs> Didn't tell any of the participants. Yeah. Let's go.
2: This also seems like retroactive, where it's like ah. Crap, forgot to put all the water out there. I guess we'll. The I guess we'll get some data. Yeah. Exactly. It's like me forgetting to put like a reagent in my cells, and it's like, all right, well, let's just see what happens. I guess we'll collect some data. Corey is,
1: uh, Cody is somebody who helps to put on a yearly run for charity here at the Carver yeah. College of Medicine. We call it Doc Dash.
0: You go through a lot of water.
1: I mean, I, well, I was thinking you could save money and retroactively decide mm. that this is a study, yeah, and have more money for the charity that you're.
0: You know, something tells me that our Office of Risk Management would not appreciate okay. that one. Yeah.
5: <laughs> well, the St. Louis Marathon did not have an
0: Office of Risk Management, apparently. But the race could take place right along the river, right? You got the Mississippi, you got the Missouri. There's plenty of water access. What are you talking about? That's fair. Yeah. Just, they take do. a
3: little dive. Yeah, exactly. A little Giardia for the yeah, crowd. Just yeah, hop off class. the
0: track, go down to the river. Yeah. That's
3: the
5: point two yeah.
3: part
2: yeah. of the. <laughs>
5: <laughs> it's really just a souvenir at that point. Yeah. Let's go. That is great points. So you're yeah. you tell
2: me about. Two water stations and all of 26.2 miles Yeah.
5: well technically it was like 25 and change they didn't or 24 and change i want to say the marathon they didn't measure it they couldn't even get a sticker out of it no Ooh. back then rough guess back then the marathon <laughs> didn't have like a controlled distance it was just like Meh, run for a while who cares so they made it 40 kilometers
4: it was more about the vibes yeah, yeah. Was yeah. About the i mean yeah. let's be honest And though, clearly honestly, the vibes break, were
3: great if you break 20 miles The vibes, yeah. The vibes are the vibes. Like, it just (laughs) is what it is at that point.
2: I like the idea of the vibes being like, what distance? Could we just, like, get enough people to hate their life about halfway through and, like, still have to complete a second half? Dude,
5: that's "That's like a mile
3: for me. (laughs) To be honest, last time I ran a marathon, I remember. So, like a lot of marathons, ours had a half and a full. Mm -hmm. And so, you basically, you run to the starting point of the half and then continue and do the half if you're doing the full and i remember crossing through the arch of the 13.1 mile point and i was like i'm done like i'm so done
6: 13.1
3: miles to go oh that was was the
1: name of the recent runner who like just took some cars from a recent marathon he just, like, stole within a car? The, no, she, within the past year, I think.
0: Like, hopped in the car. kind of like. Did I think the she whole, just took like, some like,
1: cars, yeah. She just maybe, I don't know, called an Uber. I'm not really sure about yeah. gotcha. <laughs> that. Sounds very good Lance Good I guess, yeah. I mean, that's this,
4: <laughs> this was an ultra-marathoner.
1: Yeah. This was oh, okay. just in
4: April. A Manchester to Liverpool race. Allegedly, like, got in a car during the race.
2: And wait, and so then the got out boy, of the car and tried to bamboozle everyone?
3: Yeah. See, mm-hmm. the thing that I hate about this story scam. the most is that, like... The whole point of ultra marathons is that nobody thinks that you're cool for finishing it. We all think you're weird. Yeah. So like you don't get cred for cheating. Like the whole point is you're weird. I don't know. I just, it bums me out.
5: Well, I would like to say that was an amazing transition because the first person to finish this race also cheated by getting in a car. (laughs) Wow.
2: And the car, what, went like 10 miles per hour? So they got like two (laughs) minutes shaved off their time? Like, what
5: what happened was like a little, it was, if I'm not mistaken, it was like a legitimate runner that ended up cramping because there's no water. So they cramp and they're like, I'm cutting out of the race. I'm done. They got in a car to drive back to just like the starting line car breaks down so he's like well I guess I'm gonna run anyways so he runs across the line and then like accepts everything and then immediately afterwards is like no that was entirely a joke but they banned him for like a year and then they're like nah I think it was pretty funny so they (laughs) reinstated him
3: I appreciate um, that. Do you
4: know who he got his picture taken with when he was the winner?
3: I do not. I bet it wasn't James A. Garfield. <laughs> <No. Yes>.
4: <laughs> <laughs> what no, a twist! Um, <laughs> it was Teddy Roosevelt's daughter, Alice. Oh. Wow, oh. still connected. Okay, still connected.
5: Mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah, that was the first finisher good yes. for him he ran some of it he ran more of it than I would
3: have because I, mean, I wasn't no, alive Exactly. For, yeah. I mean, no, um, for no other reason I just wasn't there otherwise um, I would have beat him yeah I mean it him. is
2: the equivalent now of the races where it's like there's always kind of the like, if they're a loop race, you could usually veer off. And like, if you're doing the marathon, you could be like, ah, I just don't feel it. And you do the half. Like, yeah, I'm not vibing. It's yeah. Just, yeah, I'm not vibing. It's all about vibes in running. Yeah, it's honestly, it is. <laughs> no physical energy is needed, just vibes. <laughs> just vibes. And yeah. so, for
5: this race, like, we determined vibes are great. Okay. One thing that happened around the beginning is obviously to track the marathon, there was a bunch of cars kicking up dirt. One person almost dies. Because they're, like, breathing in so much oh, dirt. Oh, yeah. So, they almost had a, fat- a fatality. Luckily, they didn't. But, yeah, there's a lot of instances of people how much, sucking up dirt. How much dirt? Okay.
3: About as much as you would expect. If you get mud in your lungs, turns out I mean, that's die. a lot of... That's what I'm yeah. saying.
1: That's a lot of... I would assume that the body has some ability to get around some dirt in the lungs. Yeah, it's called coughing. We're great at it. Right. <laughs> but there must have been a lot of dirt being kicked up by all these cars and... I mean,
5: never I mean, once fair, have I been like, doing anything and was like, man, it's really dusty out here. I hope I don't die. <laughs> like, to be fair, like,
3: this is a serious thing. Like, this wasn't the only marathon. Like, Olympic marathons have had enough runners that it's kicking up enough dust that people have had to fall out of the race because suppose, of, yeah, okay. yeah, serious respiratory issues. So, yeah. like, you can't take that as much dust as you would think. Like, throw up a little napkin or something. I don't know. Okay. A bandana. Fair.
1: <laughs> fair.
5: So, yes, other than that, another thing that I think is fun to include is that the, remember the Cuban mail carrier that I mentioned beforehand? Yeah, the Jort inventor. The Jort guy, yep. yep. Well, he ran it. He was apparently pretty active, just like on an amateur level, but he was going out. He was like, man, I'm getting a little thirsty. So he veered off the course, stole some peaches from, stole some peaches from some like, just spectators or whatever. Got a
2: little bit like a child. I don't... Yeah. <laughs> I don't... I don't... Takes a child. <laughs> takes a peach.
5: Another one. No hablo inglés. Runs off. <laughs> I love he, it. He goes a little further and then he ends up veering off the course again. Goes over to an apple orchard to pick some apples off the tree. Well, one of them's bad, so he gets stomach aches and decides to take a nap. <laughs> during the marathon vibes <laughs> are good uh, fives are yeah. very
2: ultra marathoner s exactly yeah. yeah and
5: even better when he woke up from his nap he kept running and finished fourth <laughs> good for him
0: <laughs> beat Was up a child fourth fourth with we? The guy no. in the car or without the guy in the car right like fourth or fifth fourth, fourth the right, guy the forth.
5: guy with the car ended up getting disqualified yeah
2: okay do we have times
5: we do so, do you guys know what a good marathon time is? I know what one is today. I don't know what one was then.
2: I mean, yeah. under two hours is, like, the craziest that's ever been. Yeah. But I would say, like, under four for, like, an average person. I'm, like, impressed. <laughs> under three is, like, probably Boston qualifying.
5: Yeah, okay. it is. For Well, for our age
3: group, yeah.
2: yeah. Well,
5: it turns out, though, they didn't have it pulled up. They didn't have any... Times for anyone that didn't finish in the top three, but the winner of the race finished in three and a half hours. Good for them. Yeah, yeah. Would That's
3: you like to good. hear? That Would, makes
5: sense. We've been improving over the last hundred yeah. nineteen
3: years. Would you guys Although, like again, to hear? This
4: wasn't a full marathon, right? Yeah, uh, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: We, we got a
3: couple miles yeah. in there. So,
1: yeah, yeah. Less, um, less dust today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was Freeze almost a twenty-five miles. little bit. Peaches. We actually have water. nice. Like, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um
5: water. So speaking of the winner who finished in just under three and a half hours would you like to hear about his story yeah yes um did he take a nap he did not
4: take a nap afterwards thankfully no because i don't think he would have woken up
5: (laughs) he was legitimately on the verge of death the entire time and just kept going so that sounds like a marathoner yeah let's see since you know the story well would you like to tell this part ryan
4: I'll see how well I can remember it. So the man who ends up winning it is named Thomas Hicks. Yes. And he only gets about halfway through the race before he is basically like ready to stop. But his team is like, keep going. And so they decide to give him a delightful little cocktail that includes brandy, egg, I want to say. Yep. Egg whites. And most importantly, strychnine. (laughs) and they give him very low doses of strychnine in this brandy egg cocktail throughout the race just to keep him going and by the time he gets to like the last mile he's like fully hallucinating he doesn't know where he is i think he basically i I forget if it's him or another competitor for the last stretch his he's basically like floating on his trainer's shoulders like draped around them and pretending to run and there just counts right it's 1904 what it's pretty
1: bad strychnine any any rationale behind the use of strychnine
5: i guess for those
3: of you who i mean don't i can get know. the i can
1: get the eggs and the brand i thought ground beef what? would be in there maybe, I, like maybe protein yeah. action. for <laughs>
5: those of you who don't know do you guys know what strychnine
1: is it's a poison
5: <laughs> it is rat poison, yes. is everything I, a poison? I, that's what
1: I know. I mean, um,
5: Pharmacon, we've had the hint Yes. <laughs> that's a callback. But in low doses, Sufficient dose? it can be treated as a stimulant, Okay, which is also one of the first known records of somebody using PEDs during the Olympics, Ah, back before there were any rules. But yep, he consisted out of a dose of rat poison, egg whites, and brandy mm. to try to get him through this race. They intentionally withheld water from this person. I can't remember the exact reasoning behind that, but they gave him, like, the little sponges that you give people that aren't allowed to drink anything in the hospital. They gave him those, but he's like, no, you can't drink any water. Wow. I mean... I can't imagine
3: his kidneys looked pretty good after this race. Like, that must have been a rough one. Like, little shriveled raisins.
1: (laughs) Wow.
4: I just, do you know I f- what the first person busted for PEDs at the Olympics which wasn't until like the 60s or something do you know what the substance was that they used to enhance their performance
3: Cocaine
1: mm, guess.
4: I, I'll let you all guess and I'll see if anybody can nail it Cocaine is not right
1: uh, so What year again? 60s? 90s? I think
4: it was in the 60s maybe 1960s the early
1: What was commonly what was available in
2: MDMA. the 60s out yet?
1: I feel like no. Just
2: to like be in another world while it's happening. Like just not worry about yourself ego death I don't be know. My performance
1: enhancing <laughs> yeah. drug of choice would be
2: Was not MDMA.
1: Okay. No. <laughs> uh gosh, I, I just
3: imagining a hurdle or like am I jumping the hurdles or are the hurdles jumping
4: me? <laughs>
0: I can't even Sometimes I don't you just I'm need even sure I can for your brain to do. <laughs> hazard a guess here. I know cocaine probably would have been my first go to. Right? Yeah, I mean yeah. isn't
1: it always cocaine?
0: <laughs>
2: so the answer is yes.
0: beer.
3: <laughs> what? Beard. This was oh, that, a, I mean that would make sense, yeah.
4: This is a Swedish athlete who was competing in modern pentathlon and one of the events is pistol shooting and to calm his nerves before he entered the pistol oh. shooting portion of the competition He drank two beers and when they test, you know, when they took his blood test afterwards, they were like, nope, your ethanol levels are unacceptably high. And he was stripped of his bronze medal as a result.
3: I think, you know, it's the same argument with cannabis use now, right? Is because there are like pain alleviating effects of cannabis. So it, it gives an unfair advantage.
2: Are you also not allowed to take like ibuprofen or Tylenol? (laughs) Unknown.
3: I feel like if you Why did, don't that would be, you know everything a lot less controversial. About the, Seriously, I, <laughs> the you call yourself laws. a medical student, Guys.
2: and Such yet a limited you don't man. know these rules. How can you give me one fact, but not all the facts?
5: <laughs> so, yes. Like learned you something about the Olympics um, today. Don't yeah, drink beer. Don't drink beer. But you can eat rat poison. But yes, he uh, with a mile left, he thought he was hallucinating that he had another 20 miles to run. Um, <laughs> that's
3: so
1: I also
5: would have quit. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> And so he was basically just like pulled across
1: the finish line by all of his trainers and he won the gold medal. I mean, this whole, uh, honestly, this story just to me is relatable. I mean, this would be, this
3: would be me. (laughs) Nothing says Dave's like life quite like dust and no water and 24 miles for the vibes. (laughs) Some rat poison.
2: (laughs) There is something that's always been like incredibly extreme about people who just like run really far for like no good reason, pretty simple task. But I just feel what like what is it
1: that you get out of this other than being able to say that you ran this far? See, I mean, there
2: has to be more. To my it argument than that. is that the people are chasing the endorphin high. I think people are seeking the mind altering state. Therefore, it would make sense why. As
3: somebody who has participated in ultra marathons, the community is the best thing that you get out of it. Mm. But it is just the vibes. Yeah, you're like forty miles into a run, and you're just like. I mean, I can do it. You know, like Mm -hmm. it's just so liberating to be like, "Oh, look, I'm so unlimited." And you get across the line, and you can't walk for four days. You're like, "Okay, maybe I am a little (laughs) limited."
0: So fun thing about so Dr. Swanson, flocks director. I haven't heard from him but, <laughs> <laughs> but he ran him he's training for an ultra and uh it was supposed to be this weekend so okay. yeah i think he's up in milwaukee wow. if i'm not mistaken okay oh, i hope he's all right But i haven't heard so, from yeah, him yeah hopefully he I, makes it I, back I, well i did talk to him he was taking some time off so like, okay. it, it makes sense but yeah, yeah. But but also, yeah. Send,
4: him a, send him just a little strip line <laughs> as like a
2: yeah,
0: just, <laughs> <laughs> give him some mdma so he can get in that <laughs> yeah.
2: space before starting <laughs> just tripping just, just like around. it's find called yeah it is called runner's high yeah
0: the short span of my life where I, like, actually was running, I really did enjoy it.
1: I, and I, then I just, yeah, believe I it or not, I like, also
0: had a period in my yeah.
1: life where I ran and, you know, I would not run now unless I was on fire. Don't even run. That's yeah, the, just, the last time you want to run. <laughs> I do remember that one from school, <laughs> But back then I did enjoy it, but I only, you know, max three... Ca- er,
0: 5k yeah i do that's, think that's running, what really about what i was yeah
2: just to bring it on back to the kind of point of the show running is a lot like medical school and that like you think it's gonna be awesome like and somehow like the community keeps you there and it just sucks like a lot of the time that you're yeah. doing it but then you like finish something and you're like wow i'm incredible and then you just like keep doing that and then you're just like on the train <laughs> so you're like i've been running for this long i might as well not stop the, the high of the finish line again.
3: makes you forget all of the miles yeah. before it until you're mm-hmm. in it again and you're like Oh no, I remember this part. I hated this part.
6: 20
0: more years to go.
6: And then you're like,
5: oh, I just passed the first mile marker. That's fun. Ah, no, that means I have so much
2: left. (laughs) The mental games that you play with yourself. Like, I just ran a 10K last weekend um, and I was like, oh, like four miles in, only two to go. Easy. That is nothing. And that's how I feel right now about having done four years of school. I'm like, four more? Bring them on. That's nothing. Yeah. I am basically a freshman again, but running I guess is the same thing. You get halfway through and you're like ah, it's just one more half marathon. I feel like yeah. everything
1: you said just then makes me go, you're out of your f-ing mind. I right. think
2: what I'm doing is actively like tricking my mind into like being okay with things oh. yeah it's
3: like they tell you that if you're like nervous you can just convince your brain that you're actually excited yes yeah yeah, yeah. and so, so i've done that quite a bit on runs so uh-huh. the last mm-hmm. marathon mm-hmm. that i did was right before medical school and uh, i forgot to train for it <laughs> so i like showed up and i was like that
2: pesky thing i was Man, like oh, you're not supposed i to have
3: do that not really. actually done any preparation for this and the first like eight miles we were big chilling but after that it was basically that i just had to keep convincing my brain that like but 13 more miles. I just ran 13 yeah. miles. I obviously, I can do 13 more. What's 13 more? You know, like
2: it's funny the math you'll do, or you'll be like, you'll like how much pain you're in will determine like how small of chunks you're gonna chunk it into. Like, sometimes, I mean, i'll do like a minute and i'm like just 10 more of those like sometimes it's like 20 seconds where i'm like wow that's gonna be a lot of 20 second chunks but i can do anything for 20 seconds and yeah. you just get smaller and smaller the more pain you feel you just are like one more and that's how i feel right now about yeah. everything this podcast <laughs>
5: This podcast is brought to you by chunking your pain into small portions.
4: Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. So that
5: way they're easier to consume.
4: Small <laughs> small doses of rat poison get all
2: your life. Small shelf exams. I mean it's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. yeah One I more mean, shelf exam. Yeah. One more I, step.
5: At this point, you know, I've finished at the two shelf exams, I finished I am in surgery which means I'm almost halfway done, which means I, all I need to do is do it again, plus another one before I'm halfway done. <laughs> and then I'm halfway done with being halfway done. And then I only have residency and the rest of my life. But we're almost there. You're basically retired.
4: Yeah. Yeah, at this point. When you think about it that way.
2: I'm um, telling myself I have half of two degrees now, which in some <laughs> ways equals one full degree, but it doesn't. So now I'm going to call myself a an MPL because it's kind of like half of the letters that are in all of those degrees. I
3: like that.
1: That's very reasonable. Thank
2: you. Cute is how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, oh, that's cute. (laughs) That's adorable. Uh,
1: Was there another anecdote that you had for
5: us? Another story? Those were the two I came up with. Did you want me to share my cowboy hat one? Yes,
3: please. Absolutely. Okay. So, I was told that I'm bad at coming up with pop quizzes on the fly. (laughs) That's fair. But I do have a quick pop quiz for the class. and I will ask it hopefully better than last time, which disease is, which disease caused, that's how we're going to phrase this, figure it out on your own, which disease caused the existence of cowboy hats, okay, which by the existence of this disease, because this disease happened, now we have cowboy hats, ready, we're going to go down the list, figure out how that you can make it work i'm not very good at questions i'm sorry i made this up on my own <laughs> so the options were a chlamydia b depression c gonorrhea and d tuberculosis
0: none of the above
3: <laughs> well i mean cowboy hats aren't made out of any of these diseases if that's what you're trying to say <laughs>
0: Just wearing a hat of depression.
2: I choose to believe it's depression and yeah. only for the reasoning that like somebody was like, You can't be depressed when you look so cute in that hat. That is my chosen, logic. My chosen logic. And I will be Riley having a bad day, she just others. puts on a
3: pink cowboy hat and she's like, and it's gone. And
2: I'm like, how do you retail therapy
4: <laughs> under this hypothesis?
5: all you need um, is eight more cowboy hats (laughs) then you're done
4: my problem is with that is that at the time the cowboy hat was invented i'm sure they were like depression's not real
3: yeah well okay Okay. so they might have called it something along the lines of melancholy right Right. Right.
4: mania right i like tuberculosis as the answer
3: yeah good old tb see at the beginning of the episode he mentioned tb and my name together and i was like that can't be what he means (laughs) <laughs> Turns out he meant touchdowns. It was a TD. TD. I'm just really bad at listening. I'm not a sports guy. I love sports as a concept, I guess. So the answer is, in fact, tuberculosis. And so here is the short story. If you want the real story, you got to go to John Green, who is a treasure. So there was this guy who made hats. He was in a and he was an apprentice hat maker. There's a specific name for that. I don't know what a it is. milliner. Milliner. Okay, I knew yeah. cobblers for shoes, but a milliner. Okay, in New Jersey, making these hats. Big chillin' contracts tuberculosis in the 1850s. And do you know what the treatment for tuberculosis in the 1850s was? I'll give you a hint. It was the same treatment for the next hundred years. Put them elsewhere? Go somewhere else. (laughs) Yeah. Specifically, you were trying to give them different air. Mm. What the air was depended on where you were coming from. If you were from New York, you needed high mountain air. But if you were from like a mountainous region, you need to get down on the ocean. You need to like. So, like, there was no, like, really consistency on what the air was, but it was different. You needed air that wasn't the same. Do
1: you, it was, do you think this is because physicians were like, I don't know what the f*** is wrong with you. Go someplace else. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> be I around, around you. Whatever this is.
4: I think it's more insidious. I think this was the newly formed travel industry worming their ah. way into the medicine. Ooh, they were like, like <laughs> hey.
3: Just pitching to doctors like no matter what the sickness is tell them send they have them to, to, to the travel. seaside yeah and
5: yeah. then it's like the selection <laughs> bias of like well i didn't hear from them again so i'm gonna assume they're fine <laughs> yeah no news is good news you know <laughs>
4: Last I heard, he was having an awesome time hiking in the mountains. (laughs) So, I mean, it really goes
3: back to miasma theory, right? This idea that air itself that is bad is what's causing you to be sick. So, it was mostly about getting out of the city. Yeah, but at the same time, in the
1: current air you're in,
3: it was. It just, I just think it's so funny that it was always. It doesn't really matter what the air is as long as it's not this air, right? And so for him, he went out west. He went to Texas. Had a great time breathing that yummy Texas air, right? And he was looking around at all these people, and he was thinking to himself, "Wow, these are terrible hats." (laughs) <laughs>
6: um, and these are all people with TB. Uh,
3: no, just him. Just oh,
6: okay. <laughs> just like, you like col- have an infection in that in you're column. dying of, <laughs> yeah. and also your hat
3: is stupid. Wow. No, so so young milliner here, which is his trade and not his name, actually recovers, which at the time is the unlikely that he would have but he did right this it wasn't unheard of but it was unlikely so he ends up recovering from tb not because the air was better in texas i want that to be clear and (laughs) he's still looking around thinking these hats are dumb and so he makes a new hat specifically designed for the rain so he made a hat that was waterproof and a hat that actually kept the sun off of your skin and out of your eyes which is incredibly important when you're riding across the prairie looking at cows right and thus was born the cowboy hat because of tuberculosis
2: Wow.
6: Yeah.
3: If I we didn't have tuberculosis, because rain, we, we it wouldn't catches have cowboys.
2: wouldn't have That's like how I was like, oh, just holds it just like, there. A, yeah, it's just like, holds yeah. the
3: rain. Well, because before that, they would wear boulder hats, which yeah. would catch yeah. the rain, you know? Which so, like, true. This
1: which, is, if you're a marathoner, is an important thing. If you have a supply of rain. Yeah. If you're in St. Louis, well, you want to catch that it's rain. the original yeah. camel And there's <laughs> only two
2: <laughs> watering stations along your route. Just try to catch it. Yeah
3: that's my fun historic disease i've got a lot of weird historic diseases but that one's one of my absolute favorites big fan of tuberculosis and cowboy hats
1: nice nice well it's been an hour and i have thoroughly enjoyed this time with you all today thank you very much ryan especially to you thanks for joining us on the show today where could listeners go and find out more about you and your work
4: you can find me on twitter and instagram at celebrity hot tub very normal handle or you can listen to the shutdown Fallcast, which is nominally a college football podcast but most of the time we don't even mention the sport a recent episode, we have <laughs> talked about the various swords that are required to coronate the new king of england And the possible orgasm that somebody experienced at the L.A. Philharmonic. We talked to a member of the L.A. Phil to get his perspective on what was actually going on. there. I I
3: heard about that. Yeah. yeah. What a story. Yeah. We'll leave that. Go find that episode, guys.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Matt, for producing today's show. Thank you. And Jeff, Riley, and and Cody, thanks for contributing your (laughs) vocal... I guess it's fine. I'm not on this list. I mean, I... (laughs) Late ar- arrival. <laughs> yeah, thanks for contributing your vocal tracks and your Broca's and Wernicke's areas to to this discussion today. And what kind of personal foul would it be if I didn't thank you, Shortcuts, for making this part of your week? If you're new and you like what you heard today, follow the show wherever fine podcasts are available, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, all those places. The show is made possible by a generous donation. By Carver College of Medicine Student Government and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities Program. Our music is by Dr. Vox and Catmosphere. I'm Dave Etler saying, Don't let the bastards get you down. Talk to you in one week. Hi, short coats. Look, life in medical education, life in America, life in the world is often difficult. And I often wish I could help. All I have is this podcast, but in my wildest dreams, you have the support you need to lead a life of your choosing. You deserve to be happy, healthy, and successful in whatever ways you define those words. So if you need support because you've experienced racism, discrimination, harassment, mental health crises, I want you to be able to get the help that you need